this morning, all this for your glory. So I'm going to ask if we can put up the first scripture, John 17, verses 1 to 5. And um, after Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Father, as I preach this word, I'm asking you for a freedom to come in me like I've never known before. And I'm going to ask that your power would move, Lord. I'm asking that you would do something in our hearts and our minds this morning like we've never known. Give us revelation. Give us insight, Lord. But Lord, as we, as we just hang in your presence, as we sit under your word, Lord, I'm a frail man who just will do the best that he can to dispense what I feel You've given me for the people this morning, including myself. Lord, would you come? Would you move? I pray this in Jesus' name. So, looking at the life of Jesus, and I think everything that we do needs to be centered around him. Ultimately, it is all about him. And so, Jesus in this text sets a wonderful example for you and I on how to glorify God. We're reminded of the starting out of, of his life. Imagine being born to die so that you and I could live. That was his purpose. Mary and Joseph knew that before that Jesus would come out of her womb, that that would be the purpose of Jesus. And obviously, as time went on, Jesus, up until the age of 12, was a little boy um, just finding his journey. The thing that was Quite important about Jesus that he often spent time in the synagogues when they, when they went into town at different times of the year to go and um, worship. He spent time in the synagogues. And the Bible says that Jesus at a young age grew with wisdom and stature. He had favor with God and with man. Then it went quiet. And, and then we know 18 years later, at about the age of 30, Jesus starts out his public ministry, and God endorses him. And then Jesus starts to move around, and he gets sent into the desert, time of testing. Then Jesus comes out of that, and then Jesus starts to minister. And I want to say to you that literally uh, all hell broke loose because he, he did something very counter to what people were experiencing or exposed to at that time. And signs, wonders, and miracles were performed. And now Jesus, later on, with a few skips, we get to John 17. Jesus now, at this point in his life, comes to a space where he knows that his time has come to an end. How many of us are sitting here know that your time has come to an end? How many of us are possibly sitting here thinking you're going to live 10 or 15 or 20 years longer? We don't know. And you'll see why this becomes important, because we need to make our lives count now. Jesus knew that his time had come to an end. His race had been run. And so when he prays to the Father, he cries out and he says, Lord, my time has now come. 
And, and what he does is he says, I want you to glorify your son so that you may be glorified. Jesus wasn't on a self-centered mission to make himself look good. Imagine asking God to glorify you in that moment where he would give up his life, be brutally beaten, sworn at, spat on, and then eventually would be hung on a cross. He knew what was coming for him. But the purpose of it was he said, Lord, I want you to take me through this so that ultimately you would be glorified. So it was not about himself. His life, if you look at Jesus, and I want to stir you up when you go and you read your Bible. Look at Jesus, how he lived his life for the Father. It was never about himself. And so we see here, when Jesus prays this prayer, he says, Lord, all this is for your glory. I want you to say this, Lord, all this is for your glory. This is, this is a powerful moment when we look at the life of Jesus. Then in that same prayer, he says, return me back, Lord, to my former glory. And this is powerful because we need to be reminded that Jesus was there in the beginning in Genesis 1. And then we need to go back into John 1 and we need to see that Jesus was there from the beginning. And, and he says to the Lord, return me back to my former glory, exchanging humiliation for glorification. This is a pinnacle moment. This is the climax of his life. This is the crescendo for those of you who are into musical terms. And ultimately, Jesus would be glorified by sacrificing himself, but ultimately the Father would be glorified and honored and praised because of what he did. It's very interesting, as I've been doing the study and just looking into this, when it speaks of return me back to my former glory. Last week, I had the privilege of doing a memorial on the Sunday afternoon. And I actually used this text out of Acts 7. And there's this guy called Stephen who was getting stoned. Not on marijuana, met Clipper. All right? He was getting stoned because he preached the gospel. Telling the people what they needed to hear, not what they wanted to hear. And so the people started to stone him. And I want you to see what the Bible says in Acts 7, 55 to 56. It says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And that text there where it says, uh, uh, he, he speaks of, he says, I saw the glory of God. Jesus and God, their glory is interconnected very closely. And so what is exciting about that church, for many of us, for those of us who are Christ followers, that means when we look at that text and we see what happened to Stephen, what Jesus was speaking about, Stephen saw, and that's what happens to you and I when we one day will close our eyes and depart from this planet. Whose eyes will you see when your eyes close here? It's a very powerful moment. And through what Jesus did, Stephen saw it, and God was glorified and praised. So for those of us, maybe just some helpful information. When Jesus walked the planet, we understand, as Scripture teaches us, that Jesus was God manifested in the form of man. And he dwelled amongst men. 
and woman, to identify with mankind. And so I want to say to you this morning, as we talk about Jesus, who is God in essence, he set aside his deity to dwell amongst us so that he could identify with you and I in every way. So there's nothing that you are facing or have gone through that Jesus would not in some way be able to identify with. And so with that, he gets to a place where he eventually gives his life to be sacrificed. And the exciting part of him identifying with you and I is he saw us as sinners. He saw us as broken. And so by giving his life over, handing himself to a place of serving the purposes of God, what happened eventually was the glorious salvation that would come for those who would believe in him. It's a very powerful moment. It was a selfless act. And, and we need to see that when we think about Jesus dying on the cross, and you think about what he suffered and what he went through, he did it because he saw you and I. He saw our brokenness. He saw our lostness. And he was prepared and willing to pay that price for you. And ultimately, if you think about it, it's exciting that we sang a lot of songs here this morning. That we as Christ followers have come out of our brokenness and each one has a story and we can worship God and praise him because he's worthy of it. The one thing that made Jesus different compared to you and I is that he never sinned. That's what set him apart. And so his life was dedicated, set apart, consecrated to the purposes of God. And therefore we worship him. But I want to highlight a few other things because I know some of you are already thinking ahead. So how did Jesus glorify God? Good question, Dimble, AM, PM, and Central, and Stellies. And whoever else is here. <laughs> so there's a few things that I want to touch on that will help us here. How did Jesus glorify God? And we'll look at some specifics here. Through his obedience. For those of you making notes, in Philippians 2, Look at what verse 8 says. And being found, it's not on, on the screen, I'll just read it to you. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to say to you this morning, there might be people sitting here who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you sleep in a garage, it doesn't make you a car. If you come to church, it doesn't make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is when you recognize your brokenness and you say, Jesus, I need you to save me. I need you to rescue me. And whether you are saved or not, one day we will stand before God and the Bible says we will recognize him for who he is and every knee will bow. We thank the Lord for his obedience, otherwise we wouldn't be here. The second thing is his message. Matthew 4, 17, it says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. This is his kingdom. Jesus come to dwell on earth. The kingdom of God is here and his rule and reign is coming through Jesus. And with that, he says, repent. As a Christ follower, I want to say to you, we don't repent once. Repentance means I'm going down a road. I'm living for myself. God breaks in. Oh, this isn't cool. What I'm doing here is not great. I'm not honoring the Lord. 
Repentance is a 180 degree turn. Say, Lord, I want to follow you and I want to serve you. And I want to say to you, that's how we live our lives daily. It's not a one-off event. We live our lives daily because we are imperfect people who are going from glory to glory as we, as we follow Jesus. And so that is what he was preaching. And then we are a people that are forgiven because of his message. And we are cleansed by Jesus when he preaches the word to us. And then he says something very profound. And this becomes very key for you and I. He then goes on and he says, now you go and make disciples of all nations. You see, God didn't just get you saved so that you can get into heaven. He's also given you a plan and a purpose for your life so that your life can count for him. And, and this is very profound because, because if you look at the life of Jesus, he was born to die so that you and I could live. You and I are picked by God for a particular purpose to serve the purposes of God. Will we carry that out all to the glory and the honor of his name? The third thing that he did was his prayer life glorified God. In Matthew 6 verses 9, he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What was he doing? When he prayed, he looked up to heaven. Why? Because he honored the Father. He prayed, Lord, may you be praised. May you be worshipped. May you be glorified. Even in prayer, he sets that example for us. And the other area that he did this was through signs, wonders, and miracles. And I feel like God's going to do something here right now with this. So let's have a look at what John 14 verses 11 to 14 says. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. And let's see what the last verse is. You may ask me for anything, my name, and I will do it. So this morning, as I've been preparing, I realize in our gathering, one of the things that's important is a gathering meeting like this is to bring glory and honor to the Father. I'm going to take a step of faith this morning because I believe that God wants us to live in that space. The first thing we're going to do as a congregation is I would like us to pray for Andrew and MZ, for Jacques and, M, um, uh, and Jeanette and their families. So I'm going to ask if we could please stand. And we're going to pray. For those who don't know, Andrew and M. Selly lead the Josh Jen story. Ems has had kidney problems for many years. And I want to tell you something. I stand in awe when I see what God has done with Andrew and Ems. I mean, many people might say, oh, I wish I could have Andrew's job and do what he does. I want to say to you, do you want all the problems and challenges that have come with it? And yet that man and that couple have been extremely faithful. All you have to do is look here and then know that we've got 48 congregations around the Western Cape. And we've got over 300 churches that are connecting to us through the 412. And that's how powerfully God moves through a couple who says, Lord, all this for your glory. And this morning, we are going to pray, and we're going to trust God to move for Andrew and Ems, that this operation will go well, that her, as well as Jacques, will be well after, that they will recover quickly, and we're going to ask God to move with power. And so I'm going to ask that all of us, in your English, Afrikaans, in tongues, with mother language, whatever, will you just pray? Let's lift our voices up for the next minute or so, trusting God to move for them. Let's go for it.
Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. And all of God's people said? Please grab your seats. Well done. And it's by faith that we pray that, pray that prayer. And that's a wonderful place to be. So, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible to, to be in a space like this where we can trust for God to move. And we, we are not God. He is. But he says, ask. Ask. And we will trust him with that. No matter what the outcome is, we're going to trust him because God is kind and merciful. So with that... It's very interesting that throughout Jesus' life, when he started his public ministry, wherever he went, he touched and he changed the circumstances and situations of people's lives. And so I felt this morning, before I got into the rest of the ministry that I wanted to do, or that I sensed that I needed to do, I felt this morning God wanted to do something very significant in the lives of some folk here this morning. I felt the Lord highlight three areas for me. I'm going to put them out there. And it's going to require people to be brave this morning because God loves you enough to highlight this stuff. And he wants to heal people. He wants to set people free. He wants to comfort people. And he wants to bring people into a family. First thing that I felt was somebody's battling with headaches. And it's specifically migraines. And you're really, really taking strain with this. It's debilitating. And I want to ask you, is there anybody here that has been battling with headaches and migraines and saying, I need prayer. Please stand. Be brave. Don't give the enemy a foothold here. This is God moving powerfully over the, the people that are here. So what I'm going to ask is, can we have a couple of the saints and the rest of us are going to stick our hands out to these people. Is there anybody else? Let's put our hands, um, get a couple of folks just to put hands on them. I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we call out to you and we say, Lord, you are our healer. Lord, you are the one that can touch and you're the one that can change their circumstances, particularly with headaches and migraines, Lord, that has been so debilitating. Lord, there's a deep sense, Lord, that some of these folk, Lord, have struggled for years. And, and, and Lord, they've been crying out for a breakthrough. Father, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus that you would give them their breakthrough today. We say to the migraine, that which is causing this, this, this pain and this debilitation, we command you in the name of Jesus to leave their bodies. You have no place here. And we ask you, Lord, now that you would fill them with your power. Lord, fill them with your love. Fill them with your goodness. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So those folk that have been prayed for now, just keep a note. Because I've had my own health issues in different stages, and I've had to fight this thing. And the best way to fight is with word, with the worship, and get saints to pray with you and for you. And as time has gone by, I'd be walking along and suddenly realize the issue that I had is no longer there. So let's trust God for that. If you're on medication, please don't stop your medication. Be wise. Okay? We don't want people to, to, to get hurt in any way. God is powerful, but you will have a sensing. Something has shifted and changed, and we trust God with that. The second thing that I felt is there's somebody here, and there might be more than one person that is battling with a chest infection. And that chest infection is just not going away. That chest infection, you've had so much medication given to you, and nothing is working. I'm taking the chance. I'm trusting is there anybody here that has battled with a chest infection and needs prayer? Andre, can we get a few folk around you just to put your hands on you? Get some of the ladies around there. Come, Francis, dive in there. I'm going to ask you, will you please pray for this lady? Father God, we just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray for Estelle. 
pray, Lord God, that you would touch the chest infection, that you'll open up that airways in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, we trust you that you'll, that you'll touch that lungs in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask you, Father God, that you will come and clear the airways. Any obstruction that's in that, in, that, in that body at the moment, in the airways, that you'll remove that in the name of Jesus Christ. We trust you, Father God, for complete healing, for easiness of, of, of uh, just breathing on a daily basis, and for being able to start exercising even without, without any effort and any trouble. We glorify you and thank you, Lord Jesus, for complete healing in, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wonderful. Then the last one, and this is a big one as well. None of these are minor. I've sensed that there's a possibility of one person, but there might be more, that you've contemplated suicide. There's been something that's been drawn quite strong on you, and you've been contemplating suicide. It's like you've lost, you've lost the plot and the journey. You see no hope. You see no future. And I, I felt like I needed to say this morning that God is highlighting this because, because you've wondered where he is. And God has brought it out this morning because, because he loves you. Because he cares about you. And I'll tell you why I say that. Because this is the scripture that I felt he gave me. It says in 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I'm going to ask you this morning, you are in family. God brings you into a family. He brings the lonely into a family. And I want to tell you something, the person in front of you, the person on the left, right, and behind you, you need those people. We need each other. You can never finish this race on your own. And I'm going to take a chance here, and I'm going to ask you, don't let the enemy have a foothold here and take you down, because he will isolate you. I believe if you take the step today, if you honor the Lord by standing up and saying, Lord, I acknowledge you publicly here, yeah, and you take that step, I believe God is going to move powerfully here. Yeah. He wants you to be in family. Is there anybody that has really felt like that? This is a brave moment. Thank you. Thank you. I need Jacques. I need some of the big guys. I want the men around that guy over there. I need some of the men around here. Gunter, ladies, if we can get folk in there. I'm going to pray for them. Lord, I want to thank you for this man and this lady that have stood up here this morning. I want to thank you, Lord, that you love them enough to single this out. And I almost feel like it might have been put to you, Lord, if you don't say anything, this will be my last meeting. Father, this morning, I want to pray that you would come. And I want to pray right now against the spirit of death over them, Lord. I break it over them in the name of Jesus. And I ask right now that the spirit of life in Jesus, Lord, would start to flow from head to toe, Lord. Lord, anoint them from head to toe. Lord, break the stranglehold. It's like an anaconda that has just gripped them, Lord, and has just been squeezing and squeezing. In the name of Jesus, we break it over them now. And we ask you, Lord, that they would be set free. And as of today, Lord, there would be no design anyway, Lord, to, to, to do any harm to themselves and to their family through this. Father, I pray that today they would experience your love.
Today, I, I pray that they would experience your kindness and your goodness and your mercy and your comfort, Lord. And Lord, that today, that they would know that, God, you love them. And you have purposed for them to be a part of your journey in the local church, working through the local church. And so, Father, whatever their needs are at, where they're at, be it spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, I pray, God, that you would meet them where they're at. Help them, Lord. And Father, as a body, we see this and we realize our responsibility to disciple the nations, to disciple these folk. Father, may we have your heart for them and may we help them and love them and pull alongside them to take them through this journey. I break off any guilt, shame, and condemnation over their lives in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, this morning that your word says that if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. They will walk free from this place today. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you, God. Thank you to those folk who were brave enough to stand up and I want to say to you, we love you guys, and we're going we're gonna to journey with you guys. We're going to help you through this process. So you might be saying, sure, Ants, this is, this is very different. But you see, this is how God works, because ultimately, he highlights certain things. And maybe over a period of time, we will have testimonies coming of how God has healed people, set them free. And, and for those who are in our context is saying, but this is so unusual. Well, let me tell you something. It's not unusual because I see what's written in the Bible. And we need to start seeing more of this stuff happening and people getting touched and their lives being changed. But can I say this this morning? And I make myself very vulnerable. This is not about me. I am not the man of the hour. I'm a normal guy who loves Jesus. And all I want to do is serve his purposes and bring him glory and honor. And that's the encouragement to each and every single one of us here, is that we would live our lives like that. The next thing that Jesus did was he worshipped God. And we see it throughout Scripture. And in Matthew 26, 30, it says that while they were um, having time together with the disciples, they broke prayer, uh, bread and they sang a hymn. So I just thought for a bit of humor, God also allowed Jesus to sing some songs. I'm pretty sure he had quite an angelic voice. All right. Yeah, I just, I just wanted felt um, for the gentleman. It was you that, and the, the lady. Just want to see your that you end. And I just, I just quickly felt the Lord wanted to really, just lavish His love upon you this morning. And this, this song is specifically for you too. And I just want to say that I love you, my boy. And I've given my son for you. And I just want to say that I love you, my girl. And I'll move the world for you. Amen. Thank you, God. And the other thing that Jesus did, how he glorified God was his love for others. We see this. He, he was always around people. And uh, I want to say to you, if you're a Christian, I know for some of us, maybe we say, oh, but I'm an introvert. I say, that's okay. But you know what? 
When we get touched by Jesus, he changes our character, he changes our nature. You don't have to be wild and out there. But I do want to say that I do believe God moves over our lives, that we would spend time with people. Because how will they know? How will they experience God if we're not spending time with them? So with that, he loved people. And he often used uh, these situations and circumstances to bring truth. And then he showed them and demonstrated compassion, mercy, kindness, and gentleness. And people were just simply comfortable around him. So as I start to now take the plane from 34,000 feet to start bringing it down to land this message, what does it mean to glorify God? So there's a couple of things here. To, to glorify God is not to bestow glory on God or add to his glory, but is to recognize and acknowledge his glory. The basic word or meaning of the word glory is heavy in weight. It is the weighty importance and shining majesty that accompanies God's presence. And the verb glorify means to give weight or to honor. So therefore, to glorify God is to recognize God for who he really is and to respond to him appropriately. So that's why when we sing these songs or when you see Jesus praying, he says, he speaks, says, Lord, we praise you. We magnify you. We extol you. We honor you, Lord. We honor you in worship. We ascribe honor to you, Lord, in thoughts, words, and deeds to make you glorious, to exalt to glory. And then I love this. Psalm 86 verse 9 says, All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name. Isn't that powerful? So with that, it's time for us to ask ourselves some questions. How is my life bringing glory to God? How is my life bringing glory to God as a husband, as a wife, as children, as a single person, as an uncle, as an aunt, as a business person, as a business colleague? How is my life doing? And are there adjustments that I need to make so that what I do would all be for the glory and honor of his name. And I know personally, when my flesh kicks in, I live for myself. It's all about I, me, and myself, the other trinity. All right? And God wants us to make these adjustments so that our lives actually represent him. And this morning is simply, do I need to repent of anything and reposition myself? Look around you. Look around you. And ask yourself, when I see the saints sitting here, how do I see them glorifying God? This is why I asked for permission. I look at Barry and Linky and their wonderful family. You know, there's the Gators that do music, the Gator family. We got the Fundavestes and family that came here and served us this morning. <laughs> and CJ. Yeah, CJ Fundavestes. <laughs> Very quickly. You might ask, why have I singled them out? Because we can learn from others. A few years ago, Linky was diagnosed with cancer. And she was a very sick lady. Got a young family. And the one thing that I can tell you about them is I watched how they honored the Lord. And they trusted God in this moment 
We've cried with them. We've prayed with them. The church has laughed and cried with them. The church has prayed with them. And the most incredible thing is they held firm to trust God. And they have found favor in that journey all along the way. We don't know when God calls us, but God allowed that. And look at what happens here this morning. The whole family get up together to serve God, to worship God, and to lead us into a place of praising and honoring and worshiping Him. You see, that's why our lives are important. And we've got to look at our lives and ask ourselves this question, what am I doing that will bring glory and honor to God? So that's a good question because now I'm going to land with some practical stuff for you guys. And we're going to wrap up here. So how do we glorify God? Firstly, we start out, we say, Lord, all this is for your glory. All right, just repositioning ourselves there. We glorify him when we respond to the call of God, firstly for salvation, and then do the work that God has called us to do by fulfilling the Great Commission. Whatever we do, Lord, is for your glory. Also to acknowledge him, his excellency upon all occasions. Let's have a look at Psalm 145 verse 10. Psalm 145 10. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. So, we acknowledge His excellency upon all occasions. When we let our will become His will, when we are submitted to Him, when we walk in obedience and live surrendered lives, this brings Him glory and honor. I want to say to many of us as Christ followers, I don't know about your journey, but my journey has been when I came to Jesus, all hell literally broke loose. Because some people preach this thing, come to Jesus and all will be well. <laughs> That's been quite the opposite because I'd been living for myself and God breaks in and he starts to mess up that salad and he starts to do a different work in our lives. And for many of us, following Jesus has become costly. What? The church are asking me to tithe? Oh, do you know how much money that goes out? Well, let me tell you something. People that gave 20 years ago positioned us for today. You see, you and I are going to leave one day this planet. But when we give, it's never in vain because the gospel continues to go out and people will be saved on a, regarding the preaching of Jesus and one day they will be with us in eternity. So it's a powerful thing. Yes, it's costly. What? I need to go to church every Sunday to the meetings. I need to go to a comm group. Yo, what are you asking of me? Can I ask the question? Imagine if Jesus hung, hung around and said, do you know what I've got to go through so that you guys can be saved? Do you know what I've got to suffer and the humiliation and being spat on and then having nails hammered through my hands and my feet and a sword pierced through my side and a crown of thorns put on my head that the blood is just pouring out and I can't see and I can't think anymore because I've been smashed in the face beyond recognition as Isaiah tells us. All this for your glory, Lord. It's costly to be a Christian. It's costly to walk this walk with Jesus. It's easy to get a crowd, but we want healthy church with people that will fulfill the mandate and the call that God has placed on us. That's what brings him glory. How else do we do it? When we do things that honor his name, when we do that which promotes his interests in all areas of our lives. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. When we gather in comms, Sunday meetings, and gatherings at other spaces, when we come together, this 
glorifies God. When we serve regardless of whether it is comfortable for us or not, all to the glory of God. We glorify God by our faith, faith in Him and faith in His promises. We glorify God in our worship, specifically the songs. We glorify God when we produce fruit in keeping with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. We also um, glorify Him when we exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We glorify Him when we remain sexually pure. And I felt I needed to put this out to you. You know, often we think it's always the singles that are battling in this area. Can I say to you, if you're married, watch yourself. Because you glorify God. If you're into porn, stop it. If you need help, chat to us. We want to help you with this stuff. If you are doing things that you shouldn't be doing, and you call yourself a Christian, you need to know holiness and sin do not dwell together. We need to get a grip of ourselves today, and we need to say, God, I'm stopping this today because I want to glorify you. I want my life to count. Bet you never thought you guys would hear stuff like this being preached here. And as I'm really starting to land here, we seek the good of others. We're generous towards God and the church, and we're generous towards others with our time and our money and our lives. It's important. Our lives are important. We live honorably amongst unbelievers. Our lives are a testimony of the transforming power of the gospel. Can I say to some of us, don't just hang around in your calm groups on a Wednesday night. Get into the tennis club. Get into the gym, get into the cycling group, get into your areas of passion and interest so that you can get with the unsaved, so that they can experience Jesus in and through your life. Last three things, share your testimony. We see the woman at the well, a lady who had been divorced five times, was now living with a man. Jesus brought a word of knowledge, and what happened with her? She said, ah, oh, but you're a prophet. She, she didn't tell him, he told her. She went and told the village, the village came back met with Jesus, and the whole village got saved. Your testimony is a powerful thing. Be faithful when persecuted or facing trials. Honor your trials. Be faithful when you face sickness or death. These things will honor God. You know, when I look at the late Will Marais, in a crisis moment of his life, what did he do? All for your glory, Lord. And then I finish with this last one. And I love the statement by John Piper. He said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. I'm going to ask you to stand. Maybe this morning, there are folk here you recognize you need to make adjustments this morning. And you need to repent because you've lived for yourself. Actually, Lord, so that I could be glorified today. I want to reposition myself so you could be glorified. Is there anybody you need to pray, have a prayer prayed for them and say, Lord, I want to reposition myself. My hand is up. Yeah, come on. Yeah, Father, this morning I thank you for the men and women who have raised their hands. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for your kindness and your goodness. Lord, as a people, Lord, we recognize that our lives are not our own, Lord. They're consecrated to you. You've called us for a purpose to serve you. So, Lord, where we have lived for ourselves, Lord, where we have focused on ourselves, this morning we say, God, please forgive us. Have mercy on us, Lord. Lord, this morning we thank you that when we come to you and we pray like this, that, and we ask you, Lord, your word teaches us that whatever you ask in my name, I'll give you. And I believe, Lord, this morning we receive your forgiveness, your mercy.
This morning, we repent. We turn from our ways. Lord, we want to position ourselves to say, Lord, let our lives count for you. Lord, just as Jesus' life brought you glory, Lord, let our lives in our frailty and our weakness be used for the glory and the honor of your name. We go from this place knowing today, Lord, that what we've heard, what has been prayed over us, and what we've received, Lord, will ultimately bring you glory. We thank you. We thank you for this. And all of God's people said, Amen.